from Paul's letter to the Romans, the 14th chapter, verses 1 through 12. Hear the word of God. Welcome those who are weak in faith, but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. Some believe in eating anything, while the weak eat only vegetables. Those who eat must not despise those who abstain, and those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat, for God has welcomed them. Who are you to pass judgment on servants of another? It is before their own Lord that they stand or fall, and they will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Some judge one day to be better than another, while others judge all days to be alike. Let all be fully convinced in their own minds. Those who observe the day observe it in honor of the Lord, and those who eat, eat in honor of the Lord, since they give thanks to God, while those who abstain, abstain in honor of the Lord and give thanks to God. We do not live to ourselves, and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother or sister? Or you, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then, each of us will be accountable to God. This is the word of the Lord. My mother was a worrier, he wrote, and she never left the house without imagining she had left a faucet running, the oven door open, a door unlocked, and so she sat in church contemplating grim scenarios of flood and fire and robbers when she should have been praising God for God's watchfulness over us. <laughs> there is something in the human condition that allows small stuff to become big stuff and big stuff to become small stuff. Our worries can get the best of us even in this place that we call a sanctuary. <laughs> For this is the place that we remember that if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. But that can become small stuff. When we go to God in prayer, oh, when we go to God in prayer, we start big. We start big, we start big, O oh, holy and omnipotent God, I'm forever thankful for your care and dominion and power over us. You created the world and all that is in it, and I'm grateful for my wife and children, my children, my children. Has it been th three weeks since I've heard from my daughter? What's with that? Three weeks. You raise these things, you give them the best of everything, you would think that's worth a phone call on a phone plan that I'm paying for. Would it hurt her to give me a call? But now that she's with Jim, 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 what is your intention with my daughter? 
How much does a wedding cost? Can I have a wedding at the church and take up an offering? Is that allowed? I don't know why it's so hard for us to keep our eyes on the big stuff. The big stuff. How many times do I need to forgive? Says Peter. Seven times. That seems pretty big. And the Lord says 77 times. And then the Lord launches into a parable. (laughs) A parable about a slave who owed his Lord a huge, 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 huge debt. Impossible ever to repay. A slave who owes a Lord a debt. Doesn't that sound a little strange to you? How can a slave be indebted to a master? the one who has taken her life. I can still hear the testimony of a woman who was enslaved in the sex trade. She had no will, and she had no way out. She never owed. She was owed her life. The parable has a slave owing the Lord a fortune. I don't know how that could ever happen, but it happens in this parable. It happens in this parable, a parable that is introduced with the sermon text from last week. You remember the sermon text from last week. Okay, for the four or five of you who may have forgotten, Jesus talked about when someone in the church sins against you. You remember? What do you do? A sin. And now that's, that's a word that only belongs in the church, right? Because it doesn't belong out there. What's a sin? I don't know what a sin. Sin is against God and neighbor. That's what a sin is. And Jesus says... When someone in the church sins against you, you cancel that person out and you never talk to them again. No, that's a poor translation. Jesus says you go to that person and you point out the sin. Wow. And if the person listens to you, all well and good. But if they don't listen to you, well, then you grab someone else and you come back again. And if they don't listen to that, You you grab a few more people. And if they don't listen to that, you grab the whole church. It's big. It's big. Because sin is big. Because the unity of the church is big. And to that parable, Peter makes that grand gesture. Okay, Lord, let's say we do all that, but the person keeps sinning against me. How many should I forgive? As many as seven times. That's big. And Jesus says, no, 77 times. That's huge. 
Huge. This is what we do in the church. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. Everything in the church is huge. Deep and wide is the mercy of God. You always forgive. Keep your eyes on the big stuff. Because there was a slave who owed a huge, 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 huge debt and cried out to the Lord, Have patience with me and I will pay you everything. Have patience and mercy and I will pay you everything. And because of pity, because of sympathy, because of sadness of understanding, because the Lord could not endure the suffering, the Lord forgave the huge, 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 huge debt. And that, my friends, is the end of the parable. But immediately after being released, the debt-freed slave, instead of being motivated by amazing joy, I'm free, I'm free, come celebrate with me, for I was once lost, but now I'm found, I'm free, I've got my life back. No, there's no joy at all. Immediately upon being released from that huge, 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 huge debt, That one grabs another by the neck who owes him just a, just a pittance and says, pay what you owe. Have patience with me and I will pay you everything. It's the same words. The exact same words. And one would think that that would trigger a memory. It would have for me. Take, for example, when the game is over and I'm waiting to get out of the parking lot. I'm with all those people. We were all on the same team in the stadium. But now in the parking lot, they're the opposing team. Everyone on the opposite side. It is survival of the fittest. Not long ago, Guy Griffith and I waited over an hour in a parking lot. Have you ever been with Guy in a car, in a parked car, for over an hour? It's not easy. It does wonders for your prayer life. <clears throat> And the prayer is, is that someone will release, will release me. Oh, please have mercy on me. And suddenly there comes an answer to prayer. Be my guest. It's huge, right? How many of you are going to the Titans game? Okay, that's what I thought. Seemed a little fuller in here. <laughs> now comes the memory, right? You've been released, you're in, and now comes the memory. For in a moment, there will be a person who you'll come across who, like you, is praying for a Savior. And I always remember 
and I let that person in. And I know that the person behind me who let me in is nodding in appreciation. I got the message. The person's waiting to see if it registered. And it, it registered. And it does good for the soul, doesn't it, to let someone in? And because of the joy that I feel, I will let another person in. I'm that kind of guy. I have freed myself now, though, from the weight of my redemption. Because two is it. Right? Two. That's it. I have a memory of my salvation, and I know how much it is worth. It's worth two. Two people, but three? Mm. And that's the thing. The slave in the parable has no memory. No sense of worth. Pay what you owe. And he throws his fellow slave in prison. Fortunately, there is in this whole episode someone who sees it, takes the name and the plate number down, and reports it to the Lord. And what does the Lord do? The Lord ordered that slave who forgot that huge, 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 huge amount of grace to be tortured until he could repay the entire debt. How much torture do you put someone through until you call it even? So the Lord will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. End of parable. <clears throat> Hammering home what we need to do. We need to get this. We need to forgive or there'll be torture. Unless... Unless the Lord remembers that you never give up on forgiveness. Don't, don't you remember, Lord? You forgave me that debt. You remember, Lord, right? You, you, you set me free. I was the one who forgot. I forgot to live my life in thankfulness. I should have forgiven my friend. I forgot, Lord, but you remember. You remember. You're a God who's merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. That's who you are. Remember? Remember the big stuff, Lord. It's all about the big stuff. And the sin of the church... The sin of the church is that we keep hitting each other with the small stuff. And the small stuff causes division. From the moment that two or three are gathered, there's a fight in the church over the small stuff. Do you remember what Paul said was dividing the church in what I read to you? Someone was sitting one day in worship and said to another, who let the vegetarians in here? No telling where this is going to lead. Next thing you'll know, we're going to let women talk. We're going to let the Gentiles in. No telling where this is going to lead. 
We have to be about the big stuff. The God-sized dreams. We have to be about the big stuff. We have to believe that the word of the Lord lasts forever. We have to believe what can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? Well, I can think of one thing, Paul. Vegetables. Oh, I can think of one thing, Paul. It's that I have to get home. Tomorrow's Sunday, I'm a preacher, and if I let one more person in, I can think of one thing, Paul. It's the pain she caused me. I can think of one thing, Paul. It's just that those people need to find another way. I can think of one thing, Paul. She needs to say she's sorry. I can think of seven things. I can think of 77 things. What can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? I can only think of one thing, Paul. Nothing. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. How can something so small as nothing be so big?